Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm Bobby Bancroft, and I'm here today with Nationwide Nolan from the Casual Hoya site. And today is the day, March 20th, 2023. Georgetown has officially announced Ed Cooley as the next men's basketball coach. We've kind of known this is happening for a while. Nothing, nothing really new. But until these things actually happen, you never know if someone's going to get cold feet. And Ed didn't. You know, it was trending this way. It was a really weird weekend. I could go on and on. But Nolan, first impressions. How excited are you? I feel like we're maybe both in the camp of... If you eliminate Patino from consideration, which it seems like Jack DeJoya did, which is unfortunate, but if you can put that over to the side, this is about as good as you can get, right? I would say so. Not to rehash it, but I was a Patino guy too. I just thought the upside there immediately was huge. But when you eliminate him, and you know, a question I asked was, okay, if you say you can go spend five, five and a half million on other candidates, who is out there either as good as Cooley, which there are guys as good as him, obviously, but would also fit the job and eventually take the job. Um, you can say you're going to throw this money at high major guy X, who maybe is still playing this weekend. But, you know, the leverage you had on Providence was they don't have the same resources and there wasn't a connection to the job like Cooley has the affinity apparently for Georgetown. So I think all things considered when Patino's off the table, I give credit for Georgetown and landing in a pretty stable spot here. I talked with Andrew, I think on Saturday, today's Monday. I don't think it was Sunday. I think it was Saturday. Um, You know, obviously for a long time, I mean, shoot, probably even back to last year, right? Ed Cooley's kind of been the name because of his links to the Thompsons and, you know, people can feel a certain way about that. Sometimes I do, but we'll, We'll see what actually happens, what we think can be different than what happens. The way that this was covered, and I keep going on this about Twitter, I mean, Providence, the way they, they've been covering this as if Joe Gibbs was leaving the Redskins to go to the Giants, <laughs> right? I mean, like, is it almost, yeah. are you a little bit jealous at the way Providence media just digest, or just Providence in general digests college basketball? And what, what, what do you think about the last, you know, 24, 48 hours? Yeah. And I think it's twofold. I think it's, Providence is a community without a pro sports team, and this is the biggest show in town. And the encouraging side of it for Georgetown, I think, is Cooley over the last decade has brought Providence up to this level where it is. It is the show in town. Um, people go to the games; they care deeply. I mean, it, but it is strange to see, you know, and really for any Biggie school that they have the stranglehold on the local market, where Cooley's doing the TV show last night. And they've got a live presser with the AD this afternoon. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, it, it does make you a little jealous, whereas we couldn't even get uh, free Diggy's media availability with Ewing. So, it's yeah, it's, it's apparently a different world out there. And that's obviously not basketball totally related, but I do think that it is important to open the program up. And the fact that Ed has been so used to this kind of coverage, and I'm not going to say he's going to get it after his introductory press conference, but, man, if I could give him any advice, I would say, hey, look, invite anybody that will come Mm -hmm. to a practice, even if you don't do anything real and it's only for the first 20 minutes and then you actually do your stuff. But there is a major PR component to being Georgetown coach, both with the media and then locally grassroots with the coaches, the players, the high schools, the AAUs. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so much to, to do, right? And I think that we've seen, no matter what you think about maybe the way he runs his offense or this and that, he does seem like he's got that it, if it makes sense, right? Yeah, I, I think the big picture stuff, really at Fairfield, if you ever talk to a Fairfield person or at Providence, like he's nailed it. The community aspect, being seen on campus, getting fans to games. And I think that is a big part of what Georgetown has needed. Where I compared it today, imagine, say, Chris Holtman, if that was your hire on paper could even argue he's better than Cooley, but I don't think there's that personality that can galvanize a fan base that Georgetown really desperately needs. So I I think in that respect, he has value in in that regard. And I hopefully because he gets to Georgetown, I don't want that to disappear. Like we need the transparency. I've joked about it. Like the new head coach of Georgetown should hold like a town hall just to hear our grievances as fans or former players or the local DMV guys on the grassroots scene. Just, I think there's been frustrations from really all corners of this universe. And I think Cooley is the type of guy who can just connect it all back together, um, which would be really helpful. So yeah, my advice to him would be keep that open door policy and continue to be the person you have been really. Yeah, and that's probably goes into why I know there's been reported he's getting six million a year. Uh, our friend Ben Standing, you know, tweeted out what we think college coaches are making that puts him in the top five. You know, and when you're in this position, you have to overpay, right? Like you don't just yeah. get someone to come and do this and say, "Oh, you've got to fix everything," and we're we're not even going to give you a raise. Mm-hmm. Have you had a chance to look over his staff? I looked over a little bit earlier, and he's had the same staff for a while. It, um, it is interesting, yeah. Does anyone stand – I mean, to me, obviously, I think, you know, and Thomas stands out as – I didn't even realize it as – I mean, I'm embarrassed as a Northern Region uh, high school fan. I got a lot of friends that coach. I like to take my kid to games. Surprised he was at both Edison and, you know, T.C. Williams, which everyone kind of knows about. Um, and then he was with Boo Williams, so he probably would have been coaching – he would have coached Chris Wright. He would have coached uh, Vernon Macklin. Um, and he mm-hmm. seems like the one that you really want to show up. And I'm not sure um, Battle is the associate head coach for two years. And then George Blaney's son is on the team and he's been w- or on the staff. He's been with Ed since the Fairfield days. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Cooley does. I know in certain corners of Hoya Twitter, people have speculated maybe a heavy hitter from the DMV area will be on the staff. Would you um, want to speculate who that might be just based on that on that uh, clue? I don't. I, I've seen at least one or two people just say maybe he'll go try to take Mike Jones away from Virginia Tech, but I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, duh. Duh. Yeah. 
But there, well, you know, it ha- mean, hasn't really gone that well for the Hokies. No, he's. <laughs> I mean, they had a tough time this year. I think that local connection, obviously, it's it's worth something. But what direction he des- decides to go in, I'm not sure. I, he does seem like a loyal guy to his staff, and then beyond those three assistants, I think it's Ladante Henson and Cartwright. Cartwright that Georgetown fans would be familiar with that he's he's employed. Um, and that's something Georgetown fans have looked for. Georgetown former players have looked for, like, have guys on staff who were part of the program. And cool, he's done that at Providence. So it'll be interesting. Does he tap into a former Georgetown player to put on staff or just what he does? Um, and obviously, and this is a different discussion um, that we briefly brought up, but hopefully nobody on the current staff is left around. I, I think that's a concern for people that, if Cooley's bringing his people, let's bring him in, and there has to be a separation and a fresh start here. Yeah, I think that there's absolutely ways to, and Cooley will be great at this. This is probably one of the bigger uh, highlights he had on his resume. Is he'll be able to highlight and reference and pay homage to John Thompson without doing things the way that he did them, you know, 30, 40 years ago in today's portal environment. I mean, Let's be honest, John Thompson was a very smart man, very smart coach, a uh, hell of a competitor. He wouldn't have done things exactly the way he did them today because he would have known that they wouldn't have worked. You know, yeah. and I think that's the most important thing for this program going forward. So anyone that's trying to hold Cooley back, I don't I hope that they're still not around and I would like to think that Ed is smart enough not to take on this big of a rebuilding project. And, you know, have that anchor just, you know, providing nothing. So, again, Georgetown did make the announcement today. Um, big day in the Big East, too, right, though? Because, as, yeah. as I mentioned, as you, we both admitted, it was hard not to sort of become enamored with the idea of Rick Patino. I don't think we – did we even get to enjoy an hour of this on Twitter without St. John's popping off their news? No. But it's, it, it is a great day for the conference, I think, um, except if you're a Providence fan. But you think about Patino, like, what has St. John's had recently? Maybe they play three or four games with the Garden. Like, you're going to have a dozen games in the Garden now, and that place will be rocking. So it's it's exciting. And, yeah, cool, he's got he's to compete. Like, the top of this conference is, is strong. I mentioned a little bit ago, I was on a different podcast and um, I think I tweeted right after, after it was over and just said, when's the last time Georgetown and St. John's had more accomplished coaches than Villanova? You've got to go yeah. back pretty far because when Lavin showed up, he'd done a really good job at UCLA, but right at, right when he got to St. John's, uh, Jay Wright had just gotten to the final four. Yeah. So you really couldn't make the case then, although I think he'd been to the second weekend more than Jay, but you know, final four, I think it's going to trump that. Um, I mean, I think you've got to go back to the eighties, right? I mean, when Jarvis had it rolling, Georgetown was down, you know, mm-hmm. um, Lapis, you know, I think did an okay job and I actually love him as a commentator. I don't know if that's a controversial take on Twitter or podcast or anything or what you think, but I actually, actually really, I really like him. Yeah, I, I think he's pretty good. And yeah, I guess maybe they were kind of all on equal ground, kind of, what, 95, 96, Kerry Kittles, Lopez, Iverson, kind of maybe that was the last time. Georgetown and St. John's were actually um, 
equal playing partners. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I think if you were to rank the, the coaches in the league, I was going to put this out there on Twitter a little bit ago. It's hard to do. I, th- I think the hardest one to evaluate it's, you know, is it today or is it what you've accomplished? Because Thad Mata has a really weird wet resume in that he's probably right there in the top, but mm-hmm. he took a break. College basketball has changed a ton since he last coached. And this year they looked pretty dreadful at times. So yeah. it's hard to rank him. But I mean, if we're ranking guys of what they've done in the past, you know, Georgetown now has a, at least at the very worst, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth coach, if you include Patino, um, which is a long way from where they were sitting at 11th for a while. Um, what do you think is the immediate, or I should say, what are your immediate hopes, um, expectations for year one? Would you want to quantify it with like how they are? I mean, for me, I think it would probably be in the Knicks for the NIT. Yeah, I, I would like that at least. I think there's at least some, yes, yeah. There there are some parts of the roster. I I mean, Brandon Murray has not hit the portal yet, but Cook can still be around. Heath has an extra year if he wants it. So I think even if you just build out from those three guys, you you have the foundational pieces of a competitive team um, with a good coaching staff. I, I would expect him to hit the portal hard. I maybe I think Providence has a three-man recruiting class. Maybe one or two of those kids come with them. Um, I, I would expect to be competitive immediately. I, I think the good thing with Cooley is he's he's tough in Big East play. It's really been the non-conference stuff because he. It's something I'd like to see him improve upon is his scheduling. I'd like to see him schedule better, um, which maybe being at a higher-profile job will kind of get you in some of those better MTEs um, early season. But I, my expectation would be, let's be competitive. Kind of, if you schedule correctly, this is a team that you can kind of patch together that could be towards the bubble. So yeah, I, I think you should be right back towards being a competitive team in the conference. Yeah, and again, I know nobody listening to this that's all fired up that Georgetown has their new man wants to hear bobby say that well i hope they make can make the nit but if you look at the biggie schools that did make the nit this year you're looking at a villanova team that had the injuries they had the new coach you're looking at a seton hall school that you know brought in a new coach as well they both went 10 and 10 in the conference georgetown's won like you know two of their last 40 games in the conference so if they were to get to 10 wins next year and that's that's you know including an improved st john's which i don't think is going to be 7 and 13 next year so when you look around you're probably hoping Providence takes a hit, right? And then, you know, you hope that Villanova keeps sinking. I know it's probably not great for the league, but you know what? Uh, Georgetown has, you know, has helped the league enough. It's time to move (laughs) ahead of some of those, some of those schools. So when you're sitting 11th, yeah, when you're sitting 11th out of 11, it's hard to, you know, hold up your hand and say, Hey, I expect to be one of the top seven teams. And I think we're going to put seven in the league, you know, in the, in the NCAA tournament. So I think anywhere around the 500 mark in the league and just, just looking like a competent team that can run yeah. offense that doesn't, you know, just give up open three after open three, right? Like there's going to be things that we can see, even if the losses are still there or the winning isn't as quick as we like. Right. There, there's so much low hanging fruit in this program that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, transition defense, three point defense, which Cooley thankfully is historically very good at. Um, there, there's just 
there's room for improvement everywhere on court, off court. So it's uh, who knows what the end result will be, but I'm, I'm pretty confident we're going to get significant progress in one year. Do we think that there's anyone coming over from Providence? I mean, I feel like the blood is just in the water right now. Yeah. And nobody can handle what's going on. I think if you are a grad transfer, I'm not sure the school can block you. But I think someone like Hopkins, right, who's already transferred, but his coach mm-hmm. left. I'd be surprised if they could get anyone that's not graduating, if that makes sense. I, I agree. I, the double transfer for it, there's only, I think, two guys you'd really be interested in, which would be Hopkins and Carter. Right. And they've both transferred once. And they both, I don't know if they're NBA guys, but there's certainly a future um, for them. I, I don't see how they would want to hang around and wait to see if a waiver gets approved or not. Seems like a risky deal for them. Um, and I'm sure Providence would do everything in their power to to block those waivers. Um, I don't know. I think that backup point guard, Pierre, maybe he was a Virginia, Southern Virginia kid who was a freshman this year. I, I, I'd i be surprised if Cooley brought really anybody, but I, I wouldn't expect. If people think we're going to just shuffle in Bryce Hopkins and, and Devin Carter, I, I would be very surprised. So again, we agree that this was a good hire if you decide that there were certain people they just weren't going to consider for whatever reasons, um, which I would argue against. But um, that being said, is there anything about the process that you would have maybe have liked to seen gone differently or something that would have been included? Or, you know, obviously, you know, Andrew does a good job. We all have, you know, sources here and there. We hear things, things we're not going to talk about here and there, but is there anything that you would have liked to have seen maybe like a national guy like Goodman or Rostian or Norlander tweet out that would have made you feel a little bit differently about the search? And maybe I'm just, this is a leading question because I definitely want to talk about this. Um, I mean, obviously I would have liked to them to have sat down with Patino or have a phone call and just hash it out and hear the side of the story. Um, but I guess if, if this was your top candidate, your top target, which I don't, when you factor out, Patino, I, I don't disagree with Cooley being the top target. And if they thought they had it nailed down, I'm okay with it. Um, from the Providence side, like the AD saying proper protocol, not followed. Like, I, I don't know what they expect from Georgetown. Like, you're not going to call them up when your season ends and be like, hey, can we talk to Ed now and offer him a contract? Like, it's just, you're going to back channel this. So I, I don't fault Georgetown for the way they handled it. Um, I guess, if anything, Ed Cooley kind of had a sloppy 24 hours between that weird interview on TV and then the <laughs> house goes up on Zillow. Um, I'm sure he would like to take some things back from the last 24, 48 hours. But in the big picture, if you're Georgetown and you had a target and you landed there, um, I think it's a pretty good job well done. Um, it would have been interesting if he balked at the 11th hour and then Georgetown loses Patino and now you're left with what but thankfully we as long as Ed shows up at that presser on Wednesday it looks like we're in the clear yeah that that's interesting I almost want to believe that if it did fall through I don't think St. John's would have gone as quickly as they did I don't think there would have been really a reason yeah for it to go maybe that's just my imagination but I feel like they were absolutely linked um one of the things I would have liked to have heard leaked and obviously it doesn't do georgetown any favors if the candidate decided to go you know decided against it but hearing that they had 
interviewed a couple people, right? I mean, even yeah. if it was just whoever, or hearing that, you know, they kick the tires on Billy Donovan, see if he's tire coaching the NBA. Um, mm. Just some sort of outside the box, or maybe not outside the box, but just sort of really going through everything. Because look, you've known since last year that it was likely you're going to have to do this, yeah. right? Like, I mean, they never acted like it publicly, but you had to have known this was coming. I mean, not making a change last year was sort of unbelievable. And we've all known Ed Cooley since, you know, forever, right? We, we, he, you know, he's been part of as close to the Thompsons as you can get by not actually being, you know, never on the staff or at the university um, or part of the family. But I just would have liked to have seen like, oh, wow, you know, it looks like they talked with Randy Bennett or, you know, looks like, you know, they, you know, they talked to Kevin Ollie or I don't even care who, just something that made me think that it wasn't just, okay, we're zeroing in on this guy. And then now we're going to go zero in on this guy. And I know Andrew talks about Gates and maybe that's, maybe that that's what I'm looking for, but I would have liked to have seen something like that. Um, yeah. But Georgetown's tight lipped and they did get their guy. Yeah, no, it's fair. And and when you start waving around, I mean, everybody in the in- industry knew, okay, Georgetown's actually offering five, five and a half million dollars. And maybe it's even up to six. I don't know. That uh, that number will certainly get some attention. But if they had their guy, they got their guy. I, I guess I, I can't really complain about it. No, and he's one of the guys when he comes through, he's been coming through for years now. It's hard not to like him in person. He had some pretty mm-hmm. good stuff the other day. Um, you know, I think he's going to absolutely win the press conference on Wednesday. Hopefully there's some really good questions that get out there because there's a lot that is sort of hanging out as yeah. far as the way the la- like you know, the way the season went, right, for them. I mean, it was clear. I never believed it. But once they had that, I think they were down big to was it Xavier and they came back and then they got their doors blown off by Seton Hall at home and it's just a team that doesn't yeah. play like that at home. So I was like, maybe he is thinking about other jobs. Yeah. And I think for him, Nolan, I think for him it makes sense to leave. If it's not for Georgetown, it should be somewhere else. I mean, obviously it's Georgetown and everyone's happy about it. But I think for his legacy, you know, you did it at Fairfield. You made Providence almost as good as you can make them. It's time to see your last, you know, big contract, your last job. Can you win with a bigger brand on a bigger platform? Um, do you yeah, think he's going to have – oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go. Well, it's just the fact that it was now or never for him, right? Like, he's 53, yeah. and Providence fans never felt like he was going to be around that much longer. I mean, I don't – it wasn't disclosed how many years this deal is for, right? Not yet. Well, hopefully we'll get it from somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, Providence fans thought maybe only five years he would have left before he got into TV or something. Um, I assume he'd be signing up for more than five years here, but – it's at his age, he's in the prime of his career, but maybe headed towards the back nine. Like if he wanted to take this shot, this is this was the time and the place to do it. Yeah, and people forget uh, Patrick Ewing right now is older than John Thompson was when he stepped away. Obviously, he got into it at a much younger age. But, you know, if you, if you attack on another six, seven years, Ed is 60. And does he want to keep doing this? And this is... It's gonna. It would be hard. It's gonna be difficult for him to get a better job than this. I would say. I mean, yeah. You know, it's particularly after the Michigan one didn't didn't work out for whatever reason, and you know he's this is a place he likes. His daughter goes here. 
he's got a lot of, you know, familiarity and he feels comfortable. And I think that he, you know, I don't want to say idolizes um, Big John, but he certainly has a lot of respect and looks up to him. So it, it really does work out. And that's where I don't feel like Providence fans need to relax because you kind of had to know this was always a thing, right? It's, I mean, Jeff Goodman sent out the warning signals for quite a while now. Like this job in Cooley's eyes was different for him. And I think we saw that materialize. Um, and as somebody who never went to Georgetown, who fell in love with the team, like as a kid, like I relate to Cooley, even though I'm not African-American, I didn't idolize John Thompson as a coach in that manner, but this was Ed Cooley's team, apparently, you know, through his formative years. And it's always, seems to have pulled at his heartstrings. I, I don't think Providence fans really ever, I don't know if they just dismiss that part of it, but I think that is a not so insignificant part of why he made this decision. And then last we've had in this, I know you're not in this area, but Kevin Willard left Seton Hall to come to Maryland. He's done a great job. His staff is a really good staff. They've got a lot of local kids coming in next year. Ed Cooley, I think very similar in that he got Providence to kind of the same level Seton Hall was at. They both won a Big East tournament. They're both getting in the tournament pretty much every year. They both probably maxed out at where they are, although obviously we saw Carlos Samo take take Seton Hall to the, you know, within a bad call of winning the whole damn thing. Um, Does it seem like these programs now have a chance to really go after it? Are you you interested as as a non-local at the possibility of them playing again? I would throw a little cold water on that just because once these conferences have gone to 20 conference games, it's harder mm-hmm. and harder to fit all the stuff in, particularly if you've got the, the Gavit games. And, well, I think maybe the Big 12 battles going away. But, you know, basically if you've got the Gavit game and you've got – hopefully you go to tournaments again, right, like the JT3 was doing, like Maui and, you know, Bahamas and all that mm-hmm. stuff, Charleston. It is harder to get that stuff in. But from afar, does it feel like this has a chance for Georgetown, Maryland to kind of kind of get going with a little bit of an arms race? It should be. I, I think they should play each other. And I believe Cooley and Willard are pretty close friends. I mean, I think both of those guys were friendly with all the coaches inside the conference. Um, two yeah. pretty likable guys. I don't see why not. I've never understood why you don't play local teams. I mean, you can talk, well, recruiting, if we lose, who cares? Like, it's. I, I don't think that matters. What matters is it's a good game for people to go to. You'll get a good attendance number in a home and home, both spots. Like I, I've just never understood the downside of it. So I, I would like to see that for sure. So I think he's, he's been in college for five years. So while we're recording this, Jared Bynum is in the portal. Um, that's an interesting one. Uh, he started, I, I would, <laughs> he started I'd at St. Joe's. Say no, thanks. <laughs> he started at St. Joe's. He had um, an actual redshirt year, and then he's got the COVID year. So it'll be his sixth year of college. He bl- he he plays great at Capital One Arena. If you can guarantee the defense will be like the Georgetown defenses that we've been we've kind of been used to, right? Yeah, the problem is he would fit well on a on a Georgetown defense of recent years. I, I know he's a local product, but man, I yeah I I, I was not a fan this year of, of watching him play. Seemed like there was times where Ed wasn't a fan as well. I feel like he yeah. sat a little bit longer at times, and I was sort of just like, "What's going on here?" It doesn't he every every time I watch him, he's hitting like eight nine threes. Yeah, you know. 
it'll um, it'll be interesting to see what shakes loose in the portal because um, he's cool. He's going to have to hit it hard. Do you think there's any chance that um, I've had that cool picture of my old? Well, I think it's cool. Cool picture of myself and uh, uh, Kim English for a little bit now. I put it up the other day. It was time for a change. I had that. Wanted to change my picture up a little bit. Do you think there's any chance we could see him coaching in the Big East? I, I, I like Kim a lot. I think that might be asking a lot of him this quick. I think it's also going to be hard for whoever follows Ed to do a good job because he maybe yeah. he's done a good job as you can do there, if that makes sense. So I think the connection there is obviously Rick Barnes from his time at Providence. And the AD yeah. admitted in the last 24 hours that Rick Barnes was somebody he sought out for advice already. So you can easily draw that connection. And I think what's great about Kim, Kim English, and you know this far better than I do, but his personality and the way he could connect with people, the way he can win a press conference, it's it's in the same ballpark as that Cooley, right? And Providence is a unique job in that respect where it is the only game in town. You need somebody to connect with the fan base to give them a reason to believe. And he's great at that. Um, as far as the actual coaching and if he's ready, I – It'd be a big roll of the dice, um, but he'd be another interesting personality to add into the league. Um, you know, and, and Kim English himself is in a tough spot because how do you turn a Big East job down? Because um, if you stay at Mason in the next two years, don't go that well, you're not getting that call again. So it's almost like he's at the top of their list. He has, he has to take it, um, and it, it would be a big roll of the dice for sure. Yeah, just locally, I can think of Pat Skiri was getting some looks by, uh, you know, sort of the bottom Power 5 teams when he was at Towson, when Benjamin was there and they were kind of rolling. You know, he's still at Towson. We don't have enough time to talk about Mike Lonergan and the issues that he ended up having yeah. at GW, but man, he did a really good job coaching there. I'm only going to get into what he did coaching. Uh, I understand that maybe he'd had some looks from schools and was maybe waiting for different jobs. Yeah, I think if you're at a school like that, you cannot turn it down. Mm -hmm. That's the thing Providence will be faced with. There's no shortage of good coaches, but how much do they want to build upon what Ed built just as a figure in that, not even the school, but the city? So do you lean more towards the personality that Kim English has or, you know, John Becker at UVM who was with Lonergan, um, who was – by all accounts, just a brilliant tactician, but could not be a more boring person. So how do you balance that with your Providence? I, and I feel for Providence fans, like today has to suck for them. And now that administration and AD is that they are in a tight spot. Yeah. And I think it sucks if you're all in, depending on where you are in your life and how big of a fan you are, the way their season ended, right? I mean, like, yeah. this is what we want, right? If you want to be in March Madness, like, Anyone can do it. Like we almost, you know, Princeton's still playing, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, we almost saw a 16 seed get to the Tweet 16 yesterday. And to think that if you're looking back now and you're you're kind of connecting all the dots with his house going up for sale and all mm-hmm. this, you know, when they played Georgetown, you're thinking, well, sh- you know, this is a once a year occasion. You don't always make it. And it, it was completely, you know, sabotage basically because, you know, there's other things going on behind the scene, but that's just, that's life in the big leagues, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this was a really special edition. I'm glad we were able to make it on. I wanted to get something out there quick so people could listen to it. And I think we're going to have maybe some more answers 
after after Wednesday. I'm sure it'll be online. I will definitely be there. So it'll be interesting to kind of get a feel for what that's like for who's there, for who's not there, and those types of things, right? Yeah. And I think that'll be the most interesting thing. I mean, like a dark horse situation, does Ed Cooley find a way to, you know, extend to maybe having John Thompson the third there just sort of, you know, be there because the father can't be there anymore. He's, he's passed away. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's what gets lost in a lot of this. There's a lot of anger towards Ronnie. I think most mm-hmm. people are sort of, you know, would like to see, not that I'm saying John Thompson the third needs to be in decision-making processes, but just the idea of if they do something and they honor his family, he can show up and it's not awkward. And from my understanding, Ed and him are actually very friendly. Um, yeah, I know, I know. And I think from a Georgetown fan perspective, like, I think any hard feelings with JT3, I don't even know if there were hard feelings, but at least time has passed where the disappointment from his final years, it's over. Like, And we've seen what we had with him compared to what happened. And JT3 is a smart, good basketball coach, just the mind in general that I think people would – and I know the optics of the Thompson connection. People just want a clean break. But for JT3 yeah. to be there for a friend of his, like, I, I think that would be nice now as far as Ronnie and other people that have kind of hung around the program. It's a different story, but yeah, I I would have no issue with that. Have no issue if off towards the side in the front row on the left, I'm picturing the Thompson center right now. If you, this is not going to happen and we're going to, we're going to end on this. You've got, <laughs> you've, you've got JT three and you got Estrick just sitting there, just, you know, <laughs> Just Ed, just Ed, bring everyone together, and then getting off to do the job that he has to do. That's your yeah. kumbaya moment. Yeah, I think you make uh, you at least acknowledge it, and then yeah, it's time to get to work with with a clean slate. Yeah, it's his job. It's Ed's job. Yeah, but just bridging to the past. All right, you can get him at Nationwide Nolan. See his stuff on Casual Hoya. I'm at Bobby Bancroft. As always, thanks for listening and subscribing, and we will talk to you soon.